glorious Lord You're glorious Jesus Savior of the world Savior of the world Our whole heart, 
just lift it up one more time. Just lift your hands in this place, surrender everything to Him. Say, Father, I surrender one more time. or imaginations from the enemy just surrender them up just surrender them up and say Father give me your thoughts towards me for you said in your word for I know the thoughts I have towards you son and daughter their thoughts to do you good well not to do you harm or evil for my thoughts are higher than your thoughts so forsake your thoughts and take on mine let me raise you to where I am, to that place of perfect peace and perfect comfort. Let me raise you to a place where the loneliness cannot eat or devastate anymore. The perfect love that I'm pouring on you even right now as you praise me. I'm pouring out a perfect love upon you. I am a God that is moved by compassion and mercy. And I know your heart. I know your life and I call you mine. Accepted in my son. The supreme sacrifice of Christ. Just surrender to me. Surrender your problems. Stop trying to manifest a way out. I am the way. I am the truth. And all that leads to life. We worship you, Adonai. We praise you, Lord Almighty. We bless you, Father. We thank you for healing in the name of Jesus. We thank you for provision in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the salvation that's in Jesus. As we glorify and we honor you, our Christ, in Jesus' name. Would you turn to somebody next to you? Just give them a hug. Just tell them, I love you in the love of the Lord. Shake their hands. Tell them I bless you in the name of Jesus. Just let the Lord have his way. Just let the Lord have his way. Oh, my Jesus. 
Jesus Jesus Praise you Lord Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, Kayla. Brought me some brownies. Hallelujah. Good to see you tonight. Bless you. We're glad you're here. How many are already blessed? Amen. God is so good. Brother Ray, Sister Carolyn, would you please stand up? We want to present you. Would y'all please stand up? Somebody give him a kiss. But I want you to see Brother Ray, Sister Carolyn. They're going to be having a Christmas feast at the home of Roland and Jeannie Fontenot. Are they here tonight? Oh, there they are. Y'all stand up now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give them a big hand too. <laughs> Brother Ray and Sister Carolyn's in charge of our Young at Heart, which is the young people 50 and over, older. And uh, they've uh, done such a fine job, doing such a fine job in ministering and reaching out. So I want everybody to be able to get to uh, know y'all way one more time so everybody know our young at heart so y'all can talk to them and a precious couple. And uh, there's always a lot of food, so you can check that out. Uh, also, while we're doing that, um, let's see, Sister Kay, you're always hiding. Would you stand up, sis? And her husband's on the camera back there. They're in charge of the singles, and I just praise God for them, and they do such a wonderful job. And I just wanted to just you, you to see... Who you can talk to. We got some new people here tonight. Just been coming not very long, and you can see Sister Kay uh, and Brother Bob, and and uh, they're great blessings. They encourage you. Uh, there's Joy. Joy, would you stand up, girl? Uh, Joy's in charge of our college and career, <laughs> and her ministry's lasting longer than her stand, right there. <laughs> and we're proud of her. And uh, just wanted uh, everybody. I hope everybody saw you. Stand up one more time, please. There she. Look at her. Believe it or not, she is standing. Hallelujah. And uh, then, you know, we got so many things. Brother Shane and his wife, the children's ministry, Royal Ranger. Uh, Brother Guy with the Royal Rangers. And, and then uh, the missionettes aren't here. We got a lot of people out tonight, the couples. But uh, we love you and we appreciate you. And uh, just want you to know that if there's something we can do for you, uh, talk to one family and they uh, may be coming by Tuesday. We'll be coming by Tuesday. Um, uh, we want to make sure that they have a good Thanksgiving. But if you're here tonight, uh, and uh, if you don't want to say anything tonight, you want to call the office. If it looks like you and your family can't celebrate a good Thanksgiving, please get in touch with us. And uh, we'll make sure that you'll get a turkey or a ham. And uh, we'll, we'll send, I know, a few turkeys that we'll send over. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we just want to make sure that you have a good Thanksgiving. And, and we're family, and we love you. And, and you have any, Brother Jeff? Oh, okay. Well, the Lynch has made it good. Thank you, brother. But if you have, uh, if you have any type of need, please let us know because we want to make sure that you don't go through these holidays more down than you already are, or if, if you are feeling down. Hopefully, you're not feeling down, but uh, we, we want to encourage you. And um, I had a lot of people speak about the message this morning. A lot of people talk about how they would minister and, and touch you. One of the things that Paul prayed that 
I felt the Spirit of God was telling me was the enlightenment of our eyes. And, you know, we, we pray that and we proclaim that in getting revelation out of the Word. But as I was meditating and listening to the people and feeling the heart of the people, and uh, this morning I was in, my, in the bed uh, reading uh, after I woke my wife up, and uh, I just had the heart of God just come upon me. I started weeping over the people. And one of the things I am, I am very thankful. If I had to say I'm thankful for my God, I'm thankful for my family, and, but I'm thankful for this church, for you all. You have been such precious and are such precious people, every one of you. And I was just weeping over the people. And one of the things that came inside of my spirit was the enlightenment of our eyes. And I want you to know that every one of you, you are an evangelist in this church. And there are people here who have been suffering some of the things you have suffered. And I believe that the enlightenment of eyes is not only uh, to get revelation out of the word of God, but to minister somebody through revelation of where they are and where you've been. I believe that they're going to see in your eyes that you may have had a pass in alcohol. Maybe you've had a pass in drugs. Maybe you've had a pass in different areas, and they'll see in your eyes, but they'll see hope. Maybe they, see, they can see in your eyes and discern you've been through a divorce. You've been devastated. You've been hurt. You've been raked over the coals, whatever you've been through. But I believe there's an enlightenment of eyes coming to where they're going to see Jesus in you, and they're going to feel like they're going to be able to open up to you. They're going to be able to speak to you. You're going to be able to go somewhere after church and maybe have something to uh, drink like Coke, not, not a beer, but a Coke or something like that, and uh, Frosty, and uh, just open up your heart and get encouragement from people because God is sending us the best and the special of his, uh, of his heart, and we're going to minister to them. Did you want to share what the Lord had gave you? Mm -hmm. I was studying in the word one day in Isaiah and there's a scripture and I have it in my Bible I could read it um, but it's about this woman uh, and she was barren and she the the word even says that uh, she's in grief because of her barrenness and barrenness you know is also you can take that in the spiritual respect of um, not feeling fruitful or not feeling like any good's coming out of your life, or you're not where you should be in God. And um, the Lord just really ministered to me and showed me, because this scripture, this woman is saying, she's talking about her barrenness, and then she just gets up and says, where did all these children come from? I'm barren. Who bore me these children? And it was just such a blessing to me, because in those times that everyone's been there, where you feel like you're not producing anything for God, or or whatever, um, it's during those times that you actually look back, you know, a few years later, and you say, wow, I was so fruitful during that time, even though I felt so barren and so lifeless, but it just really ministered to me to see that in the word, in this woman, how she is just amazing, and, and, and in fact, it talks about, it, the children even say, um, and I have to paraphrase it, but the children that she bore, you know, that just she's surrounded by, they say, you need to give us a bigger place. This place is too small for us. So they're just overflowing, and it's just this amazing amount of fruit that's coming out of her life. And um, anyway, that just blessed me so much to know that even though you don't feel fruitful or you don't feel anointed or you don't feel like you should be where you are, God will take those times, you know, if we'll just cry out to him and tell him, God, I, I, I want you to work through my life. I want to be what you call me to be. And it's during those times and that feeling of desperation. Because sometimes when you have that barrenness in your life, you feel desperate to the point where you can taste it. You want that thing or that, that place in God or that whatever that you're needing God to move in your life. 
uh, so desperately, and it's with that desperation that God draws you, you know. It's that thirstiness that he talks about. If you'll just call into me, if you'll just thirst after me, I will fill you. And so that just really blessed me about the fruitfulness. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. And, and, and you know what, what's awesome is right along those same lines and those same verses, it says that you get a knock at the door. And you open the door, and there's people you've never seen before. And, and you say, who are you? And they say, we're your children. And in their hands is bags of gold. And you go, what is this? They said, we've come to give you of the blessings we received because you were our spiritual mom and dad. And you see, when you're feeling unfruitful, but yet you give of yourself, even though you don't feel like there's much to give. But you give of yourself, even though you feel like you're barren. But even in the barren, you continue to give of yourself. There are lives that are being touched, and you may not see it, you may not know it, but the day's going to come when somebody's going to come up to you, you may not even recognize them. And the gold in their hands is the fruit that's been produced in their life, and they're going to come and go, you, you hugged me when I was thinking of committing suicide, or I was thinking of cutting myself, or I was thinking about ending it, or I was about ready to give up, and you hugged me, and you told me, you just looked at me, you just said, just don't give up. And I knew that was God speaking to me through you. And one day they'll come and that goat will be their children that they'll say, these are the children I have because I did not kill myself when I wanted to because of your word. And so there's so I pray the enlightenment of our eyes to see the need of those around us. This, this house of God is filling up with people who are seeking, who are searching. And they are going to draw and pull down such a presence and an atmosphere of God to heal, to set free, and deliver. And every one of you are going to be participants in ministering, whether it's in the foyer, in the restrooms. There have been people who have been ministered to in the restrooms, and it has saved their lives and their marriage. There's ministry going in the parking lot all over this place, young and old alike in the youth room, in the Sunday school. And so you are part of that. And I want to just encourage you, be that one to make a difference in somebody's life. And you watch that somebody's going to come back and say, you'd said something 15 years ago, and, and it changed my life forever. And you probably, at that moment, you'll probably be thinking, I've never said nothing to help anybody. I'm a failure. And all of a sudden, God is sending somebody to you and say, you changed my life. You're, you're special, and you are going to raise up special people. And so I thank you for that. Thank you for being a church of ministry. Amen. Well, the office is going to be closed. Speaking about being available to uh, minister. Uh, <laughs> we have an uh, uh, answer machine that would be, no. <laughs> we're going to be open Tuesday, but we're counseling service Wednesday night and intercession Tuesday night, uh, letting everybody off to be with their families and everything. But we will be here Sunday morning. We're going to have a good time in the Spirit of God. Everybody just have a great time. Just celebrate God's goodness. One of the things my wife is reading this book, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, and it's really an awesome book. And one of the chapters in there teaches how the, the Jews pray constantly a prayer of thanksgiving for everything. They even have a special prayer after they use the bathroom. They thank God that everything worked. And, and, and you know, sometimes that's an important prayer. You know, if things don't work, you want to really thank God that everything's working. Hallelujah. And so they even have a thanksgiving that everything worked and that they can make it another time. Anyway, but there's, there's prayers. <laughs> My wife keeps me on track here. But anyway, there's prayers. They thank God for the rain. They thank God for the dry weather. They, they thank God when they rise up in the morning. They, they practice thanking God always. Do you know why? 
Because there's a scripture in Deuteronomy 28 that says, when you dwell in good houses and you've inherited good land and you've got silver and gold and you don't have any more problems, you don't have any more cares, be careful that you do not forget the Lord God of your covenant who have given you all these things. And, you know, when we have our big screen TVs and we have our nice house and we have a nice car and we've been so blessed and we don't have any worries, it's easy to stop praising and thanking God because we have it all. But one of the things they practice, I don't have it all. I don't want it all. I want to continue receiving from God. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful for the birds. I'm going to be thankful for the sun. I'm going to thank you, God, of creation that you created. All that you created, every type of flower, they thank God for every type of flower, every leaf on every tree. They want to take nothing that he created for granted because he created it for every one of his children to enjoy. Amen. And we pass by things and never look at it twice. And I just, I was looking at the roots of the, uh, one of those palm, type of palm trees we have up front. And the root system is so different. And I was praising God about how unique that those roots are, that they're out of the ground to speak to me, minister to me when I come to work. And there's just so many things we, we can look at to receive an encouragement and a blessing and a word from God. And so let's be thankful this Thanksgiving because one of the duties we have is to thank God for his goodness. Amen. So with us, just come forward. I'm going to have to get down so I don't mess up anymore. And so we love you and we bless you. We thank you for your giving. If you have any needs, let us know. If you'd like to sow into some of these families, just put special offering for families that are, are uh, we're going to be helping this Thanksgiving season. We love you and we bless you. Amen.
you being here tonight. We're going to show you a special DVD. And I thank Brother Shane for all the work he put into making it, putting it all together. It's going to encourage you. It's probably going to be some things you haven't heard before. And one of the things that this is going to show you tonight is that Thanksgiving is not only a time of thanking God for our blessings, but we want to renew the covenant that our forefathers made. And so I want you to watch this DVD, and, and I just want it to minister to your heart and fill you with faith that the seed that was sown into this land and the reason America was established starting in the early 1600s was so that this would be a land dedicated to the glory of God evangelization around the world. So we want to renew the covenant that no matter what the liberals and humanism may be trying to do, we believe that this nation still has a plan and God has an ordained plan. And this Thanksgiving, we believe that something's going to be reestablished in our land for the glory of God. So let's go ahead and watch this. And I know it's going to be a blessing to your life. Hi, I'm Michael Little, President and Chief Operating Officer of the Christian Broadcasting Network. And this past year, I had the privilege to serve as the executive producer of the TV movie, First Landing. This movie tells the story of an event that changed the shape of the nation and set in place the spiritual platform for the message of Jesus Christ to go forth to all of the nations. Recently, I sat down with Pat Robertson, the founder of the Christian Broadcasting Network and the man who was the inspiration behind First Landing so we could hear his thoughts on the spiritual importance of this historic event. Join me now in the studio with Pat Robertson. And Pat, 
you've been talking about this landing, April 29th on 1607, for well, most of the last 31 years. Ever since we moved from the city of Portsmouth to Virginia Beach, uh, I became aware of the enormous significance of the beginning of our nation. You know, most people think America started in uh, July the 4th, 1776. Well, that was the Declaration of Independence, but the truth is our nation was founded on April the 29th, 1607, on a place called Cape Henry that is now the seacoast on the Atlantic Ocean of Virginia Beach. When King James launched yeah. that charter called the Virginia Charter, he had quite an expansive view of what that land was to include. Well, there was a man named Richard Hacklock, and we're going to see that in the movie. Hacklock is an extraordinary person. He was fired with a passion to bring the gospel to this new world. And he gathered together uh, a group, I think together there were eight of them. They called themselves a Virginia company. And uh, they asked the king for territory. And you have to admire there what you'd call chutzpah because they asked for the territory that would uh, be bounded to the south by what we now know as South Carolina, bounded to the north of what we now know as Canada, mm. and on the east and west by the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. So it was an enormous grant of land, and lo and behold, the king gave it to them, and he said it's a noble Christian work to uh, bring these heathen out of darkness. Amazing, amazing uh, stroke. Uh, quite a bit of land for yeah. the uh, what we now call the state of Virginia. Where did that name Virginia come from? Well, it came from the Virgin Queen, Queen Elizabeth. She was known as the Virgin Queen. And uh, so th this land, Virginia, uh, was after her. And I believe uh, Sir Walter Raleigh was in part responsible for using her name on, on these shores. You mentioned those eight men that were the originators yeah. of that charter under King James. One of them, Richard Hacklett. Mm -hmm. What kind of man was he? Well, he was a lawyer. He was a clergyman. He was a man of great letters. He had spent enormous amounts of time researching um, the travels back and forth and researching this new territory. And just, he was fired up by God. He was a very godly man, and he was fired by God. He felt a passion from the Lord that this territory should somehow be used by God. Of course, he didn't see what we know now, 400 years later, but God saw it. God saw the enormous impact of the United States of America on the world. And Hacklock was the one who was given that vision to make this country a Christian country. A Christian vision. Christian vision, absolutely. And, and, and why did he pick Robert Hunt? Well, he himself determined he couldn't make the journey, and so he found this very dedicated young clergyman. I believe he, I don't know whether it was either Oxford or Cambridge, but he was highly educated, uh, young parish priest uh, in, in England, and uh, he, he, Hacklock himself, could not make the voyage, and he asked this young Church of England clergyman, Robert Hunt, to, to, to be the chaplain of the uh, new colony. So the movie First Landing mm. talks about, kind of picks up the story there, talks about how Hunt uh, then had to deal with, uh, well, I've received this invitation from the Richard Hacklett or the king, yeah. in this case representing the king, Hacklett, and he talks, Hunt talks with his wife and they make the, the uh, he leaves his wife and his two children, they go about the journey, four months, uh, 
quite a treacherous trip. Well, when he left his, his wife, I mean, he had no guarantee that he'd ever see her again. And in truth, he didn't. He died over here. So they were separated. They had, they had children. And uh, there was a young couple. But uh, he somehow felt called of God. And it seems like his wife uh, concurred. And so you're right. It was a treacherous voyage. But he was the glue that held that, uh, that group together. Uh, they were fighting, disputes, confusion. And whatever you'd think of the other leaders, uh, Christopher Newport, who was the captain, and John Smith, and so forth, uh, Robert Hunt was the central figure. And of course, the movie, First Landing, focuses in on Hunt as the spiritual leader. But because he was a spiritual leader, he, he was the leader of the group, really. April 25th, 1607, through all of the difficulties of the journey, they finally had got to the captain, Christopher Newport, and he had begun discussing, well, maybe we should just go back to England. The next day, mm -hmm. they saw land, they uh, parked in the Chesapeake Bay, and then history really gets exciting. Well, they got on some little boats, and they, they uh, uh, made their way to the shore, and they landed here on the 26th of April, and uh, they, they were fascinated by the fact there were wild strawberries, there were some oysters they were able to harvest out in the waters, and it was just a lovely place, and it was, you know, April is pretty around here, so it was a beautiful uh, scene, but the trouble is they were still mad at each other. They were put together on those smelly little boats, and they had all kinds of, of, of fighting and, and squabbling, and Hunt says, listen, I'm not going to let you get off this spit of land until you get right with each other. So uh, he was the glue again, uh, as for three days they spent reconciling to the Lord and to one another. And then on the 29th of April, he said, now we can go forward. And they brought from their little boats a seven-foot oak cross, and they planted it in the uh, sand of what we now know, as I say, of Virginia Beach. They named it Cape Henry after the uh, eldest son of King James, who was the King James of the King James Bible, and knelt in prayer, and Hunt prayed this amazing prayer that, first of all, he had claimed this land for the Lord, and he said, from the, these shores, the gospel will go forth not only to this new world, but throughout the world. It was very prophetic. And since that time, Michael, as you know, Hunt's prophecy has been fulfilled. We have taken the gospel all around the world. And uh, uh, the Christians of America need to understand that we cannot let uh, secular people steal our heritage. The heritage is that this country belongs to God. And we're going to reaffirm that covenant and say, in Jesus' name, this belongs to you. And as your representatives, we assert that claim and we reaffirm that covenant. Going back to England, yeah. 1606, Richard Hacklut included in the charter that the purpose of the journey was for the propagation of the gospel to those who yet live in darkness. That's right. Who are the, we would say in contemporary English, the unreached with yeah. the gospel message. That's right. He chose Hunt, a man of like passion, of like worldview. Hunt prayed a prayer in mm -hmm. 1607. Uh, the hundreds of years since then, the 400 years, America has lived out the purposes of that, in, of that mm -hmm. intention of the charter. Uh, without question, America has been the sending agent of the gospel around the world. 
I don't think Hunt or Hackluck or any could possibly have seen how great this country would be, how powerful, how rich, uh, militarily and so forth. But they did see the spiritual aspect. And mm -hmm. America has been a Christian country. We have been a country that has been, who believes in God. Even current polls show 91% of us believe in God. Uh, we believe in the Bible, believe in God. And that heritage has stayed with us. And so I think it's well to go back, you know, the Bible talks about return to the rock from whence you're hewn. I, I think we need to go back to the rock from whence we're hewn and draw strength for the future uh, from what we know is the history that, that is so powerful in this land. Now, this has been expunged from, from uh, history books. The teaching has been cut out of so many school curriculum, but it's there. It's unescapable. And, you know, the Interior Department put that plaque up, Act One, Act One, Scene One of the unfolding drama that became the United States of America. So they regarded it as that. And, uh, you know, although what happened in Plymouth Rock um, in the Massachusetts Bay Colony was very important. I've been to Plymouth and seen the Mayflower Charter, and if you read the charter, it's very clear. It says, when it seemed right in the sight of God that we would establish a colony in the northern part of Virginia, we did the following. Virginia was already here. The colony was already here. Uh, Plymouth was 13 years after what happened here in Virginia. That's right. Final chapter, they got back on the ship on April 29th, 1607, sailed up the James, was later named the James River, founded Jamestown, Economically, it was not a great success, although it was one of the, it was the first to continue operating. Mm -hmm. Hunt, in what became his final year of life, as the, and he served as the spiritual leader of that Jamestown colony. Right. And there is a monument today to mm -hmm. the fact that he, in essence, founded the, or started the first Protestant worship activity. Well, if you go to the recreation of Jamestown, you see the central building there is their church. Mm -hmm. That's what was more important because it was a meeting place. But those people were very, very godly people. And Hunt was their leader. So uh, it is right and proper that we would acknowledge his contribution and then the ongoing. But you're right, after he, they planted the cross, they got back in their boats and sailed up the James. There's a lovely little cove up there uh, on the James where they uh, started the colony. And they had terrible time. They suffered. Many of them died. They were going to quit. You know, they were getting ready to leave. And a relief convoy came in from Bermuda that brought supplies and refreshed them. And they went back to their colony and then from there spread across this nation. the 6th and 20th day of April in the year of our Lord, 1607. The Lad, New World. Lad, Look, there it is. Get Captain Newport. Someone hurry up. Look, over there. I see it. I see it. Vicar, Vicar, wake up. Wake up. They found land. What? They found land. What do you see? Vicar, what do you see? The promised land. <laughs> That's the Great Bay. Ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God. Reverend Hunt, 
read to us that morning from the fourth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land, whither ye go to possess it. Keep therefore, and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Reverend Hunt led us in a time of holy communion. He encouraged us to repent from any anger and dissension in our hearts. As we went ashore, I carried Reverend Hunt's Bible, and some of the other sailors carried a cross, which had been brought over from England in two pieces. I had finally set foot in the New World. Captain Newport called the land we stood on Cape Henry after the king's son. If you would, please. Our soldiers stood at the ready, but there was no need to mount a defense. A peacefulness surrounded everything we did. It was a glorious day. Gentlemen, place the base in the hole and raise the cross. Vicar led us all in a prayer of dedication to the purposes of God in the new world. Almighty God, we give thee thanks. It is by thy great mercy we have reached this land, which we now claim and establish for thy eternal purposes. Bless us, Lord, and this plantation, now begun in thy fear and for thy glory. And seeing, Lord, that our highest end here is to set up the standard and display the banner of Jesus Christ. Let our labor be blessed in laboring for the conversion of the peoples of this land. Sanctify our spirits, Lord, and give us holy hearts. We have left our warm rest at home and have chosen to put our lives into thy hands. We know, oh Lord, we have the devil and all the gates of hell against us. But if thou, O Lord, be on our side, then who can stand against us? Reverend Hunt had preached for months about us having peace among ourselves and finding peace with God. He was not a sailor, that's for sure. But he had kept us together, and he never failed to point us to a higher calling. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Our Lord calls us his friends. And in the same way he would lay down his life for us, we must be willing to lay down our lives for one another. And the men and women who inhabit these shores. I remember wondering why Reverend Hunt cried that day. Is there any sacrifice too great to make for our Lord? Later, and a starving time came, and so many grew ill and died, 
I reckon that maybe he had looked into the future, like the prophets do, and saw that our colony would not go untested. Mr. George Percy wrote about it. Our food was but a small can of barley sod in water to five men a day. Our drink, cold water taken out of the river, which at flood time was very salty and at low tide full of slime and filth, which was the destruction of many of our men. Being in that weaker state as we were, our men night and day groaning, most pitiful to be heard. If there were any conscience in men, it would make their hearts bleed to hear the pitiful murmurings and cries of our sick men without relief every night and day for the space of six weeks. Some departing out of the world many times, three or four in a night, like dogs to be buried. In this sort did I see the mortality of divers of our people. Brothers, let us count the cost. Let us run the race set before us. Let us finish the course. We have our hands set to plow. Let us not shrink back. Following the great fire in January in the year of our Lord 1608, the Reverend lost everything but the clothes on his back. But that didn't mean a thing to him. All he could think about was the needs of the men. We humbly commend the soul of this thy servant, our dear brother John Martin. Despite the hardships, the Jamestown planting would survive. Reverend Hunt had prepared us for the future with his strong faith, his teachings, his hope, and his prayers for us to get our hearts right with one another and with the Almighty so that it may be presented pure and without spot before thee. And teach us who survive in this and other like daily spectacles of mortality, to see how frail and uncertain our own condition is, and so to number our days that we may apply our hearts to that holy and heavenly wisdom whilst we live here. Which may, in, in the end, bring, bring us to life everlasting through the merits of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord.
The Bible says that a man may have many teachers, but not many fathers. Reverend Hunt was both to me, that more than anything, he was the father I never knew. When he died, we looked to Captain Smith for leadership, and he, he more than rose to the occasion. I myself eventually made my way back to England. I had left as a boy. I returned a man. Most days, I remember Robert Hunt. I sometimes picture him walking along the shoreline by Cape Henry. He often told me it was the most beautiful view he'd ever seen. I can picture him standing there, waiting for his wife and children to make the journey across to him. I remember his prayers and his tears, how he urged us to take the gospel of Christ to the new land and the regions beyond. He was a man who gave us hope, who gave us faith, who ultimately gave us his life. When I meet up with him again, I plan on telling him it was all worthwhile. Little did he realize that our first landing would lay the foundation for a great nation. And I can't think of anything that would have pleased the good vicar more than that. Let's pray tonight. Let's just renew that covenant with God. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we pray your word that you said, blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord. And Father, our roots go down in the vision of this nation was for the glory of your gospel. And Father, we come tonight, Lord, you said in your word that if your people would humble themselves and pray and repent that you would heal our land. And Lord, during this Thanksgiving week, every moment of our lives, Father, that your spirit moves upon us to pray. We just want to renew the covenant that America was born and established for the salvation of souls around the world. We thank you, Father, that even today that, Lord, we are feeding the hungry and clothing the poor and taking care of the widows around the world. That, Lord, you've used this nation to preach the gospel and raise up Bible schools and churches in all the corners of the earth. That the vision that these men saw dimly 
in those days have grown into where, Father, we have reached the world with the gospel. Lord, we just right now, we pray for Washington and our government. We pray for Senate and Congress. And Lord, even as we saw in this short film, the division among the men in this boat, that you were able to bring them back to unity again to establish the colony and start, Lord, what you, de you desired for this land. We ask you for a moving and we ask you for a renewal and we ask you for revival in Senate and Congress. Lord, a house divided cannot stand and we pray for unity in America between every color, between every race. And we pray that we will not deny for convenience sake or for what's politically correct in denying the name of Jesus Christ and the Word of God, the Holy Bible, as the foundation and the truth on which this state nation stands upon. Forgive us, Father, for erasing you out of our laws and out of our schools and out of our government. Forgive us for voting for those who deny you by their works and their deeds. Forgive us for wanting to erase you from being creator, from being the one true God, the only God, and the Savior, Jesus Christ. We repent for growing cold and comfortable through the prosperity and through the ease of life through the education and the wisdom and philosophies of men to excuse you and erase you from our hearts. But Lord, in this nation there is a remnant. And you said in Acts 3.19 that you have saved a remnant that if they would turn from their sins and repent, that you would send fresh winds from heaven, that you would send a revival from heaven upon our land. So Father, we pray Remember the word and the blood of the martyrs upon this land that came to this land to preach your gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. Save our land. Save our president and vice president and our family. Save those in Congress and the House Speaker and those that, Lord, are, are speaking things to, Lord, even plan, make plans on killing the unborn even more. We pray for mercy for our nation. We plead the blood of Jesus and the mercy and the loving kindness and, and the long suffering that you have in your heart. We, we pray for you to continue to hold back your wrath on our land for, Lord, living a life out for convenience sake and not for your glory. Father, we ask you for an awakened church and we ask you for a compassionate bride without spot and wrinkle. That we will never quit being a giving people to help and to love and serve one another as you showed us by example when you served and you washed the feet of your disciples. Lord, we pray for revival in our land. We pray for unity. We pray for a breakthrough. Lord, we pray that this season that we're in that, Lord, your people will seek you. And, Lord, we do thank you for America. We thank you for being born in this nation. We thank you for being here for such a time as this. We praise you that we stand with Israel. And we bless Jerusalem. And we pray for the peace and the prosperity of Jerusalem and Israel. And we bless her walls and her mountains and her lands. And we pray, Father, that America will not turn away from Israel when they need us now the most. 
We thank you for your great hedge around Israel against Iran and, and, and all the countries that would rise up against her and who desired to destroy her. We know according to your word that Israel will not be destroyed. But she's the apple of your eye. And we thank you that we are supporting ministry in that nation and around the world. And we ask you to bless word of grace. Bless our church. As we support ministries around the world, bless us so that we can reach out more. And, Lord, we can even send those out who are called to go into the lands and minister your word. We thank you that we are a church with missions and your people on our mind around this world. And we give you the glory and we give you the praise. And, Lord, we ask you, bless America. Bless our government. Bless our people. Bless our land. Bless our economy. And forgive us of our sins. Renew the covenant that these that you pricked their hearts to come to this land long ago. Renew the covenant that this is a nation that you are over and not man. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Oh, hallelujah. Just raise your hands and thank him for it. Thank you for it, Father. Oh, Father, ignite the word in your people. Oh, Lord, let the sound of praises arise from your people to you. Oh, we praise you for the power and the authority over all the wickedness and evil. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, we pray that for a revival even um, among the Muslims in our nation, the Buddhist, all the different denominations and religions and even the paganism that has come in with people into our land, into our blessed land, and they have brought their gods with them, their traditions with them. But Lord, we're not afraid of that. I pray for churches that is so strong that regardless of what idols and what paganism they bring into our land with them from their land, we pray that we will be a light so bright that they will be willing to abandon and destroy the altars of these useless, weak gods and accept the gospel that built this land and made this land to such a way that they desired to lead their land to come to our land. But Lord, we pray and we pray now in Jesus' name that they have not come to convert us, but that we are called to convert the world to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray that every Buddhist and every Hindu and everyone from the different regions of the world that they will come and they will see and sense the presence and the gospel of the one in whom we serve. That he is the true God, the everlasting God, the creator of every man, of every woman, of every child, the creator of this earth. And that he loved us so much that we have the only good news. That our God is not a God that destroys and takes away, but our God is a loving God that sent his only son to die a death for all mankind, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Let them see the love in, our, in you, Father. Let them hear the words of truth that sounds in their hearts and causes them to even break the holds of their past and what the traditions have taught and parents have taught. And may they grab a hold of the truth that Jesus is Lord.
Oh, Father, raise up evangelists in every language, in every tribe, in every people, even on our land that has become a mission field. Raise up a remnant to go to their own people in this land and convert them. And Lord, we do pray that Islam will not conquer America. That we will not become a Muslim nation. And our White House will not become a house of Muslim or Islam. Remember the prayers that have been prayed from the White House from years, hundreds of years. That all of our presidents believed in the word of God. And Lord, we pray that even as our president now, no matter where he stands now, he laid his hand upon the Bible. And we pray that even as the Spirit of God spoke to the wife of Pharaoh, we pray that you will speak to the Obamas and you will speak to those in leadership and prick their hearts and cause them to wake up and reveal and know that every one of us will give an account on how we rule to the degree of our responsibility will be to the degree of our punishment or our reward. And you said, every man must take heed how they build thereupon upon the foundation. So we ask you, Father, that those who are making laws and those who are trying to change the very face of this nation to be so politically correct, let them see that the greater degree of change away from you will be the greater degree of damnation in hell. Because we all will appear before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And positions of men do not influence or intimidate you. You stand alone as the Almighty. So we pray for them and we pray for conversion and we pray for revelation and we pray for wisdom and we pray for an awakening. We pray for holiness and we pray, Father, more than anything else, we pray for the fear of God to go within the White House and the Capitol and the Senate and the Congress and every judge and every state capital of this country. We pray for the fear of God the reverence and the awe of who you are, that this nation will return to you and not be lost. I pray that we will not face the same ending as Rome or any other nation that was destroyed after having its mighty history. We pray that you will continue to bless us and we will continue to follow you so we can continue to evangelize the world. Thank you for not forsaking America. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you please stand? Thank you, Jesus. Mm. I want to just encourage you this week just to pray over our nation and to pray over our leaders, pray over the churches, pray over the borders of our land, pray over the borders of our land, pray for our military, pray for those who are in places. Pray over the homes and the marriages of our nation. There's so much we must pray for. Pray for the single moms and the single dads who are raising their children. Pray for America. Amen. Pray for our college students. Pray for our schools. There's so much to pray for.
but we can do it. May God bless you and energize you and give you strength to do it. How many are thankful you are saved tonight and you believe and you're not ashamed of Jesus Christ? Praise you, Lord. Thank God. How many are thankful that you're America? You're Americans. Amen. Thank God that we belong to this awesome nation. How many are glad you're a part of the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory be to God. Well, I want to encourage you to shine your light this year, this week. And be not ashamed to proclaim Jesus. We love you. We bless you. How many enjoyed this, this film tonight? How many heard some things you hadn't known before? A few people. Good. It was good, wasn't it? Well, listen, uh, the movie is available, First Landing. It's a lot longer than that, and it shows you a lot more detail what they went through and how it was all started. So I encourage you to get the movie, First Landing, by CBN, uh, Dr. Pat Robertson. Um, we love you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We bless you. You are truly blessed. And uh, we will see you next Sunday morning. Bring family. Bring friends. Bring the lost. And uh, don't get overeat. Don't get sick. And just hug a neck and tell somebody that you love them before you go. And if you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you and bless you. We love you. God bless you. See you next Sunday morning at 1030. God bless you. Amen.